You're listening to Ottawa's Baseball Show. It's Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante and Mike Nellis on CKDJ 107.9, home of the Ottawa Champions. pitch. Brian sends this one deep into right field, over the head, and gone! Kenny Bryant's second home run of the season in his second in his last two games, and it's all tied up, ladies and gentlemen, 2-2. Now Kenny Bryant with the bases loaded, sends this one deep right center field, and gone! Kenny Bryant, third home run in his last three games and third of the season. Grand Salami, touch them all, Kenny, and Ottawa leads in this one, four to, or five to two. Stop hitting ninth. Here's the pitch from Pat Butler. Garza stands this one off the glove and tie game. As that one hits off the right fielder's glove, Regira, he went open field like he wanted to, and Kenny Bryant scores tie game in the bottom of the eleventh. With well, a game-tying single from R.J. Garza. Well, on first and second tie game in the bottom of the 11th. Here's the pitch. Helm slots this one right to the third baseman. Right through his legs. Garza's rounding third. And he's going to come in for a walk-off RBI. I guess you could say air by Matt Helms. And the champions win the ball game. See you later. Welcome to the June 4th edition of Around the Diamond on CKDJ. 107.9, Ottawa's new music and home to every single Ottawa Champions game. I am Diamond Dante, joined here with Corey Mess, who's uh, been on the 15-day DL uh, for quite a long time. You just came back from Vancouver, and uh, let's talk about your trip. How was it? Uh, trip was wonderful. Got to see the stadium where the uh, single-A Vancouver Canadians mm-hmm. play. I think that's got to be one of the most beautiful stadiums in this country. It basically looks out on the Rocky Mountains. I don't think it gets much better than that. Uh, beautiful city. Had a great time there. Got to see the Vancouver Whitecaps, which was really fun. Uh, a, a nice uh, nice couple weeks. Big, long 12K hike. Nice. Can you hang for a 12K hike, Dante? I probably cannot. And yeah, happy to come off the DL for this, my birthday episode of Around the Diamond. It's your birthday? today june 4th the birthday episode of the round the diamond wow Corey, happy birthday thank you very much and, i appreciate uh, that i guess uh well let's tee up the show for you as uh today we're gonna start off this segment with a little around the league in the mlb just a quick mlb talk about uh, our predictions and uh what teams are going to make the playoffs this year and, okay. and and what the standings are going to be like uh then we're also going to talk about uh, Marlon Bird's PED suspension. That's his second in his last four years. Uh, in our next segment, uh, we'll be joined with Mike Wilner from Sportsnet.ca. He's going to come on to talk about uh, the Jays. And then in our third segment, Miles Mulder, newly acquired uh, relief pitcher slash starting pitcher lefty. Uh, the Ottawa Champions acquired him later, uh, earlier in the week. And uh, he's going to come on as I had a chance to talk with him at the field uh, about joining the Champions and, and the way he feels. And then our in our fourth segment, I'm going to have uh, some Comments from Hal Lanier, Matt Helms, uh, also Moeller and Kenny Bryan about uh, their big walk-off win against the Boulders in Game 2 of the series. And then, of course, in Game 5, uh, uh, Corey and I are going to talk about exactly uh, where the champions are at right now. And, you know, they're kind of banged up and exactly what where the team is going at this point in the season. We're also going to have uh, post-game comments from Hal Lanier and Kenny Bryan after uh, Wednesday's loss uh, to the Rockland Boulders, nine to two. But uh, without further ado, Corey, let's talk about uh, Marlon Bird. 
in the MLB. He, he got suspended for the second time in his last four years. Of course, Marlon Byrd is a veteran outfielder, 38 years old with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, his career is, is pretty much older, over. He said he's going to retire after this 162-game suspension. Uh, you know, Might as well retire right now, Corey. And an article came out by an ESPN, ESPN senior writer in Buster Only, and he mentioned that while Marlon Byrd was appealing his suspension, he kind of messed with a couple pitchers uh, in that sense. So on May 13th, after Bird already knew that he had tested positive and was appealing the suspension, the Indians faced the Minnesota Twins in a, in a seven-game you know game hitting streak that he had. He, he finally led it in the eighth inning. Uh, Bird slammed a two-run home run off uh, Trevor May, a young pitcher for the Cleve- or sorry for the Minnesota Twins, and then two days later, or sorry, three days later on May 16, Birds faced the Reds. The 38-year-old faced a young starting pitcher in Lane Somson, who was had his second appearance in the majors. Bird then went on to hit a home run off Somson, and then was sent back down to the minors as uh, that exploded that inning, and his ERA is now in the mid 20s. So, Corey, your your thoughts, I guess, on this situation with Marlon Bird in the article well and we talked about it before I I don't uh, I I think the article was a little unclear at the beginning because it was just kind of showing the home runs that more Marlon Bird got on steroids but I think we could go back the last five years in baseball and find a lot of find a lot of guys who hit steroids uh who hit home runs while on steroids but I, I think they make a good point in that after Bird had already um, uh, tested positive for steroids. He he appealed that suspension, but he was still playing and he was still hitting home runs. And to me, that could be a problem right there. Yeah. You saw the same thing with Chris Colabello, where he learned that he had failed his drug test in right training. after right yeah. after spring training or during spring training, <laughs> and he was still playing. Now, well, he had not a, hit. <laughs> not a not a great example because he didn't hit the ball well. But at the same time. Um, it's it's a little strange that even after they test positive for steroids, they um, they 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 can still play. And I understand why. You know, they they're allowed to appeal and do retests and things like that. But at the same time, uh, the the these pitchers, all they have to say is, well, why do we still have to face them after you already know he's done steroids? I think especially with a second time offender like Marlon Bird. Doesn't get an appeal. Sorry, you don't get an appeal. Um, or you do get an appeal, but you're suspended automatically. Sorry. I, I, I think so. so um, you... and, and I think that's the solution. Um, I, I think first-timers, it's a little harder. You never know. But guy like Marlon Bird, I, I would say do him right, right there and then. What do you think about the appeal system in the MLB? But Jose Bautista played a couple games yeah. and then finally served his, you know, his one-game suspension. And I guess what are your thoughts on the, uh, the appeal, appeal process in the MLB? As far as I'm concerned, you're out. Mm-hmm. You're appealing. You're still out. Uh, in Bautista's case, uh, of course, that's not the main topic here, but just as an example, I, I think that you take the one-game suspension, you throw another guy in right field, you don't even have to call anyone up, and that, that that's it, that's all. You take your suspension. Well, and I think with the, with you talk about Bautista's suspension, I think the night after, he did hit a home run. I, 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 yeah. I think the Jays lost that, that game after, but I think he did hit a home run. And so that's just another example of a guy who was suspended. He had committed a suspendable offense. But the game after wasn't suspended for some reason. So I, I, I think it's tough. I think especially in a non-steroid situation, you might have to take a little bit of discretion. But I, I, I agree. The appeal system just seems seems a bit off. There should be some other way of doing it. Of course, Buster only did write an amazing article. I, you know, I, Honestly, towards the end of it, it got very interesting. And it, in the article, it went on to say that uh, 
back when Manny Ramirez was playing for the Boston Red Sox and was traded over to the Dodgers. He hit 396, 17 home runs, and 53 RBIs while he was also on steroids. Um, you know, kind of, people kind of knew what was going on, was not suspended. Later in that season, uh, the Dodgers went on with the surge of Manny Ramirez to beat the Arizona Diamondbacks in the, the first round of the NL West title, which got Bob Melvin uh, fired. So I think that's the main point here. I think that they should be automatically suspended in that uh, in that sense because you, you could lose people's jobs if you know and you're cheating, right? You're you're cheating, and Bob Melvin lost his job, and that's what the article went on to say in that sense. Yeah, and I, really, I was just trying to scan that article there to see if Manny had tested positive by the time he was traded to the Dodgers. But again, that's just another one of those situations where it just seems it just seems a little strange. It does feel strange, and uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap up. Uh, our, our Marlon Bird talk, and we're going to go over to uh, our predictions mm-hmm. for the MLB. And, and after two months of baseball, uh, who's going to make the playoffs uh, at this point? Uh, as far as let's go to the AL East, uh, of course, with the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's do a game here, Dante. What's a team that's out of the playoffs right now that you think will certainly be in the playoffs? And I'll give you my first one, and hopefully we don't take the same team. But I think the Houston Astros are going to be in the playoffs. Bad bad start for them. I do think they'll be able to turn things around. I think they have too good of a lineup. And they're they're really not that far behind in the uh, the AL West right now. The Houston Astros, you think, will make the playoffs? Honestly, I'm going to say, if you look at the the AL West, Oakland and LA, gone. Not making the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned. Texas, Seattle, and Houston are the three runners. Although it's hard for me when Oakland is the same amount of games back right now as Houston. It's hard for me to, to they, I just count them completely out. I, I I do like the A's. Maybe I just have a soft spot for I them. I love but, the A's too. But I think the Astros are going to be in the playoffs. So and uh, AL Central, Kansas City, Chicago, and Cleveland are all in the race. Detroit, Minnesota, gone. I think so. I think they're done. Don't count out Detroit just yet, but probably. Minnesota, 15 wins and 37 losses. They're out for sure, yes. 100%. They're Minnesota not going anywhere. Sure. Uh, the Detroit Tigers, uh, 25 wins, 27 losses. Um, I was watching MLB Network yesterday morning, and uh, Eric Burns and, and Mark DeRosa said Cleveland was going to come and make the playoffs with the bat of Mike Napoli and Marlon Bird. Or, uh, it was a couple days ago, and Marlon Bird is now suspended, so I think that's going to be a tough loss for them. <laughs> and and Reni- relying on Mike Napoli at this point in his career can only go to two bad places. But I do like the top three pitchers in that staff. I think they have a really nice pitching staff. Absolutely. Kansas City uh, should win the division. Uh, what do you think of the AL Central? Do you think Kansas City and Chicago, they're tight there? I, I really like the White Sox. And, you know, they might not be quite as as uh, they they might not have the star power of the Kansas City Royals but they're playing really good baseball and we saw it with the Jays last year you have that ace at the front of the rotation and really anything is possible and then you have possible. like a number a couple number 3s right exactly number two, number and, fours. and and anything with with the way Chris Sale is pitching this year really anything's possible Jose Quintana has been good Matt exactly. Latos has also pitched well but I think their 4 and 5 have been question marks at this point I think they need to add another starting pitcher uh, maybe at the deadline or, or grab a uh, not and a and they have, they've they never been a bats. team. They've never been a team afraid to do that. Jake Peavy, Jeff Samarja, just two of the starting pitchers that they've picked up over the years. Absolutely, and so AL East, Boston for sure. I, I called this at the beginning of the season. They're gonna they're at the front of the division. They're gonna make the playoffs, even though Baltimore's only two games behind. But I think Baltimore doesn't have the pitching. Now, now you think uh, Boston's pitching because a, a big thing for me was Smith, their reliever, getting injured, and I think that really hurt, hurts their bullpen. Carson Smith. Uh, yeah, Carson Smith, who I really like. Uh, I do too. Uh, Ko- Koji Uehara 
He's, he's 40 years old. And I, I don't know. I, I, I'm really not sure about the, the Red Sox pitching after David Price. Well, David Price, I checked. He's uh, 7-1 with a 5.04 ERA in this season. Hey, hey, oh, he, he's been dominant. But after David Price, dominant. I, I, I'm not sure. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay, for sure. And uh, I guess Toronto? Mm. We'll see. I mean, five-game win streak, Dante. Or, f- excuse me, 5-1 and one in their last six. It, it, it's, they've been really good lately. They've been really good, much improved. And you look at Boston's record, 32-21. and 21, Toronto's only four games back. This yeah. is not this is not insurmountable by any means. That's a series against the Boston Red Sox. So really, I I I'm I'm not too worried still about the Jays. I really like the Jason Grilly pickup. Yeah, I think that uh, you know what it's. I, I think four what, years old throws ninety five still. The and and the big problem with with the Grilly pickup, I think, is. Now you just have a bunch of closers in your bullpen. Right. You have Storin, you have Grilly. You don't really have those specialist guys. I'd like to see the Jays maybe get a couple more of those, but everyone's looking for bullpen guys. I think Grilly is pretty much the one of the better upgrades you could have gotten at this point. Off for Achille- nothing. Yeah. Oh, exactly, for nothing. Off Achilles surgery, I think you'll still get some pretty good pitching out of him. Um, but you know what? The Jays, they, they haven't been terrible by any means and they're still only four games back i still think they can improve and so that's why i still think the jays have a pretty good shot let's go to the national league here start with the nl east washington new york mets and miami are all uh neck and neck at this point in terms of uh, for the playoff rate but uh, washington's leading the division mets and miami are pretty much tied they're only half a game apart philadelphia atlanta gone for sure they're they got 16 wins on the season mm-hmm. they're not going anywhere yep. philadelphia they have a young team. I think that they'll be around 80 wins, uh, Corey. Yeah. I think that that will be a very uh, a nice improvement to their team, especially with— and, and one that I don't think people expected this early. Uh, oh, yeah. With as bad as they were last year, I think people expected them to have a couple bad years. And they've been, I think, a pleasant surprise this year with how good they've been. Young pitching, young hitting, young players, guys that play hard and, you know— I. I, I love Herrera and Franco. Yeah. Like, those two guys are so much Aaron fun to Nola. watch. And, and yeah, the, the pitching staff. It's... Vince Velasquez has been good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so we look at... So, I guess, would you say between Miami, New York, and Washington, who do you think wins the division? I don't think Miami has the pitching. I, I still think it's Washington, but... Because I I I, I kind of like it to be Miami. I, I like that team a lot. I like I like um, Marcelo Zuna. I, I, I like him and uh, and Stanton so much. Uh, they hit a lot of home runs. Barry Bonds. But you know what? I, I I take that back. I don't want Miami to do good. Their owner sucks. Their building sucks. I hope they don't miss. I hope they miss. It. <laughs> I, I have no problems. All right. The NL Central: Chicago Cubs, Pittsburgh Pirates. And St. Louis Cardinals, it's going to be th- those three. Milwaukee, Cincinnati, gone for sure. They're out. No, they're not even going to be come close to a wild card I, I wouldn't say Milwaukee's so done yet just oh. because I think the Cubs being so good. Like, the Cubs, I think, are going to win this division. Right now, a lot of these teams are really playing for a wild card spot, maybe two wild card spots. But I don't think Milwaukee's so out of it yet. NL West, San Diego, Arizona, and Colorado all gone. Can we also mention Cincinnati being so bad? It'd be nice to maybe get a first baseman on the Jays. I'm just saying. So you want to trade for Joey Votto? I don't know. I think the Jays have some pieces they could get him. Really? Okay. 
Well, I if you're Mark Shapiro, I don't want to give up anything. My farm system. Shapiro's so. not going to do anything. No, he won't do anything. Like I said, San Diego, Arizona. We're the new Cleveland Indians. <laughs> San Diego, Arizona, and Colorado all gone. The race is going to be between the Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants at this point, Corey. As the Dodgers and and you know San Francisco is going to win the division. They're going to win the World Series. I'll tell you that right now. It's a, it's a even year. It's an even year. Yeah, you pretty much have to. You and you know I'm a Giants guy, Dante. I told Hal on this, here. That uh, I said, San Fran's going to win the World Series. And he was like, I know, it's an even year. I was like, yeah. And and Hal knows all. I will say this, though. The, the, the Giants have started very good. The Dodgers didn't start good. And they're still right there. And they're still trying to figure some things out. I don't know. Well, I, I, don't, I just don't like their manager. Dave Roberts. I, I, I disagree. I, I, I like Dave Roberts. I don't mind Dave Roberts. I think that I think know, he's a very smart up, man. They, they gave up. I thought Dave Roberts got passed over a couple times. I, 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 I like Dave Roberts. One of my favorite, I guess you can say, bench coaches is Sandy Olimar Jr. I'd probably say that he should get a job at this point. But I mean, the biggest steal in ALDS history. Absolutely, and you know what? In this, uh, I guess you could say the West. San Fran will probably win the division. Chicago win the division. Uh, it's between the Mets and Washington for the division. I think uh, Miami gets 80 wins. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, in the in the NL. Um, yeah, but, I think that's more likely. But with that being said, we're going to wrap up this segment. Coming up next, Sportsnet's Mike Wilner will join us all the way from sportsnet.ca to talk about the Jays and maybe a little uh, uh, predictions there. Maybe he thinks the Jays have a chance to make the playoffs. That's all here on Around the Diamond. Coming up next on CKDJ 107.9. This is Matt Helms from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you're listening to Ottawa Champions Baseball on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9, home of the Ottawa Champions. Today, I'm very happy to be joined on the phone with Mike Wilner from Sportsnet, the Fan 590. So with that being said, let's get to the phone line. Sponsored by Sambat, the original Maple Back Corporation since 1997. Mike, how are you doing today? Pretty good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing excellent, and uh, I guess since we're talking Jays, um, the Blue Jays in the last 13 games uh, have a record of 10-3, uh, and three, and they finally kind of found their stride at this point. They're scoring almost five runs per game. Mike, what's been the, the biggest success for the Jays to kind of boost their offense and just the team in general so far? Well, I, I think they've just started to hit. I mean, it hasn't hurt at all that they've been playing against the Twins and Yankees, who seem to be two really awful teams. But, uh, you know, you play the teams that are on the schedule in front of you. Um, they, they're hitting, finally, you know, getting some late-inning rallies, having games where they score a bunch of runs, getting to a pitcher and knocking them out, which they haven't been able to do. Uh, it, it's been the sort of the team that we've been expecting to see all year. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, we look at uh, some of the top three pitchers in the in the AL in terms of ER, – sorry, top three pitchers uh, that are in the top 13 in ERA in the in the AL. Marco Estrada sitting at fifth in that category, Aaron Sanchez 11th, and Jay Happ at 13th. Uh, the Blue Jays pitching has probably been the strongest point, uh, the probably the best pitching in the last decade. What's been the uh, – that in that category, like what have the Jays have done in order to uh, kind of improve that? Well, I remember they did lead the major, or at least the American League in, in ERA, I think, in 07 and 08. So, 
and we forget uh, how recently the Blue Jays have had really good pitching, but uh, this is the best pitching they've had, starting pitching they've had in a long time. Um, and you know what? It's a matter of J-Hap figuring out who he is and really holding on to the improvements he made last year in Pittsburgh. Marco Estrada building off an exceptional year that he had last year and adding that cut fastball to make him more than just a fastball changeup guy, and his command has always been phenomenal. And Aaron Sanchez has emerged into the guy everybody hoped he would be when the Blue Jays drafted him. Yeah. So, so far, so good. It's, it's tough to imagine that they're going to stay, you know, the, the three of them in the top 13 in ERA in the league all season long, but uh, so far, so good. Yeah, that's Mike Wilner joining us here on Around the Diamond. Of course, uh, now that you do speak of Marco Estrada and how much success he's had in the last two years, uh, um, you know, last year his personal catcher was Deonor Navarro. A couple of people have kind of came out to me and said, oh, uh, I guess in the offseason he's not going to do what he did last year because Navarro's not there. But Russell Martin is an excellent catcher when it comes to calling games as well and defensively. Uh, do you think it really makes a difference who's behind the plate for Estrada? No. And, and you know what, honestly, I don't know that it makes a difference who's behind the plate for anyone unless you have a, a really terrible <laughs> catcher. Like, uh, you know, back in uh, when the Atlanta Braves were winning division title after division title, Greg Maddox didn't like throwing to Javi Lopez okay. because Javi Lopez wasn't a good catcher. Mike mm. Messina didn't like throwing to Jorge Posada because Jorge Posada wasn't a good catcher. These guys were bat-first catchers who, who weren't especially good defensively or especially good game callers. Uh, but for most catchers, it doesn't matter. And the truth of the matter is, if you can't pitch to Russ Martin, you can't pitch to anybody. Because <laughs> this guy is, I mean, he's a cerebral catcher. He's an athletic catcher. He does everything you want a guy to do back then. Yeah, that's Mike Wilner joining us here on Around the Diamond. And, of course, uh, earlier in the week, the Jays uh, you know, added to their bullpen, I guess you could say, that, and that struggled a little bit this season. So they added um, former closer of the Atlanta Braves, Jason Grilly, who's uh, actually from Italy. And so I have a soft spot for him as I'm Italian. But, of course, uh, why did the Jays make this move? I read a, I read an article on Sportsnet.ca uh, saying that you know they, there's, there's no risk in, in getting Jason Grilly. Uh, what do you think of, of, that, uh, of those thoughts there? It's true. There's absolutely no risk. They gave up nothing to get him, and the Braves are paying almost his whole contract. So this is a free guy who, you know, is two years removed from being an all-star. Uh, and last year had a terrific season. He was on a terrible, terrible team in Atlanta where there's no motivation. And, you know, when you're 39 years old and, and play for a team that's going to win 50 or 60 games, yeah. you know, I would imagine it's very hard to uh, – be at your best in that circumstance. So hopefully this will revitalize him a bit and get him back to what he was. And if it doesn't, you know what? You can give up anything to get him. You can just release him and move on. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, I want—I kind of want to move over uh, to this topic, which also kind of includes the Jays. Uh, Josh Donaldson is in it. And, and I read an article online uh, through Bleacher Report saying that uh, this is the golden age in terms of third basements. And you look at some of the best third basements, or some of the best players in the league are third basements. Noel Arenado, Manny Machado, Josh Donaldson, Todd Frazier, Chris Bryant. And then it kind of went on to say how back in the day it was more the first basements. Pujols, uh, Jeff Bagwell, Frank Thomas, uh, Todd Helton, Prince Fielder. That era is now older, o- over. Do you think it's the, the golden age of third baseman in, in, in this era now? And there are a lot of good third basemen. There have been times where there were also a lot of good third basemen. I think it goes in waves and cycles and whatever. 
Um, you know, I, I think we're in a golden age period of athletics mm-hmm. in general and baseball specifically. So, sure, you know, there are a lot of the, the athletes are better and stronger and faster and, and all that stuff than they've ever been before. Um, I think that, that anywhere you look, you're getting great athletes. But there are a ton of good third basemen in the major leagues right now. Um, so, sure, why not? We, we might as well be in a golden age. Absolutely. Mike Wilner joining us here from uh, Sportsnet, the Fan 590 on Around the Diamond. And uh, the Blue Jays have kind of got some impressive uh, performances from Joe Biagini, who has been pretty pretty good this season. Uh, I, I, do you think this is the best that we'll see from Biagini this season? And and what has he been working on? I guess because you, you've watched the Jays quite a bit, and uh, when he was with spring training, what did he kind of work on in order to, to get to this point in his career? You're Italian heavy on this one, huh? I am I like very. Uh, like Joe Biagini has a great arm, and that's why the Blue Jays drafted him from the Giants. He was he might have been miscast as a starter. Uh, he's, his stuff has certainly looked a lot better out of the bullpen, but he throws 95 and he's got a great curveball and he seems to be fearless. Um, so he does everything you want from a guy out of, out of the bullpen. Uh, we probably have seen the best of him. I mean, I don't can't imagine he's going to have an ERA of half a run uh, for for the whole season, but he is worked his way into higher and higher leverage situations. He's John Gibbons trusts him. Uh, and, and that's amazing for a rule fiver who had never thrown a pitch above double A before this year. Absolutely. And uh, of course, yeah, now that you do mention, I am pretty Italian heavy as there's a, I think, you know, a good three of them on the team, be Colabello and now Jason Grilly. So I'm pretty happy ab- uh, about that. But now that I do bring up Chris Colabello, of course, uh, Mike, uh, I cover the, the Can-Am League here in Ottawa, and Chris Colabello used to play in the Can-Am League. Is there any chance that when he comes back, uh, they suit him up in the Jays, or do they send him down to AAA? What's kind of the timeline in, uh, for uh, Chris Colabello at this point? You know what? I don't know. He, he won't be back until the last week of July, mm-hmm. but he's allowed to start a rehab stint, sort of, you know, get himself back into shape 10 days before his suspension is up. So he'll go down to AAA, and he'll play down there, and if he can swing the bat like he did last year, then I'm sure that the Blue Jays will be happy to have him back. Uh, but, you know, you miss 80 games, it's a long time. We'll, we'll see if it's going to be seamless. It depends how the Jays are playing. It depends on all kinds of things uh, that happen over the course of the next six or seven weeks. For sure, and that's Mike Wilner joining us here on Around the Diamond. And of course, I read an article, Mike, about the you know the Blue Jays and how Edwin Encarnacion and Jose Bautista are kind of eyeing towards the Boston Red Sox. Do you think they leave at the end of the season, and would they actually go to a division rival in the in the Boston Red Sox? I think you need to consider your source on that article that, that you read. Um, no one knows yeah. what Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion are thinking right now. I think there are a lot of people who have suggested that Boston would be a good fit with David Ortiz retiring and all that stuff. And Boston would be a good fit for either one of them. But that doesn't mean that, that they're looking at it, talking to them, that's been approached by them. None of those things have happened. Um, so, you know, Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion have earned free agency. They have the right to go and do whatever they want after this year for whoever's interested in, in hiring them. Um, and again, Boston does seem like a good fit. The Blue Jays are a good fit, too. 
we'll see what happens at the end of the season. And of course, you know, R.A. Dickey has struggled a little bit this season. The Blue Jays need uh, probably some more pitching uh, in the bullpen at this point. And uh, um, two guys that have really performed very well in the minor leagues have been Drew Hutchinson, Wade LeBlanc, and Canadian Scott Diamond. Um, last year, we saw Felix DeBrant come up um, and, and play with the Blue Jays. You know, Randy Wolf was supposed to make a start after he kind of had a, an excellent a uh, couple of games in in the minor leagues or an excellent stretch of games in the minor leagues. Do you think that the Jays will kind of go towards their minor league system and and try to get some arms down there and and bring up maybe LeBlanc, Diamond, or Drew Hutchison at this point? Not at all. No, there's there's no need for any of them. Um, and you know, you talk about Randy Wolf, who was excellent with the Buffalo Bison he was, last yeah. year. He came up to the major leagues with Detroit and he got his ears pinned back. <laughs> you know, AAA and the major leagues are very 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 different and. R.A. Dickey may be struggling, and I wouldn't even suggest that he's struggling. I mean, his last outing against the best offensive team in the major leagues, he took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Yeah. Um, R.A. Dickey had a better April and May this year than he's ever had for the Blue Jays. And from June on, he's been one of the best pitchers in the major leagues in, in each of the three years he's been here. So I'm expecting exactly the same thing from Dickey. I, I really don't understand why so many Blue Jays fans are so down on him. There is, you know, zero reason to to think that they're going to be looking down to AAA to replace him in the rotation. For sure, Mike. And uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap up this segment. And uh, we thank you so much uh, for coming on Around the Diamond. Uh, uh, we look forward to maybe seeing the Blue Jays make the postseason this year. It was a pleasure. That's going to be a fun summer. Thanks for having me. That was Mike Wilner from Sportsnet, the Fan 590, and uh, he gave some great insight on the Toronto Blue Jays, of course, as he does, as he calls their games quite a bit. But coming up next, I will be joined with Miles Moeller with uh, an interview that Corey and I had a chance to do with him. You're listening to Around the Diamond on KDJ 107.9, home with the Ottawa Champions. from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you're listening to the Ottawa Champions on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. Before, we were talking with Sportsnet's Mike Wellner. Now we're talking Champions Baseball as the uh, the next half of, half of the show, uh, Corey. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Ottawa Champions baseball here. And, and what a better way to start off with uh, the Champions' newly acquired pitcher, Miles Moeller. I had a chance to sit down and talk with him at Raymond Shabbat, Grand Thornton Park, about joining the Ottawa Champions, his background, how he got here, what he brings to the team. We're going to get to that just in about two minutes' time. But, of course, uh, Corey, uh, Miles Moeller was lights out in his last start uh, against the Ottawa, uh, sorry, with the Ottawa Champions uh, where he went two innings pitched, only allowed one run. Of course, that was with the 11th inning roll where they automatically put a runner at second, where he actually went on to say, I thought the guys were pulling my leg when they told me it was a runner at second base. I thought it was just a joke that they do to rookies, but uh, nonetheless, there actually was a runner. He said he felt weird pitching another stretch, but not, either way, he pitched excellent. Two innings pitched, one run, no earned runs, allowed one hit, three strikeouts, and one walk over eight batters faced. Uh, ended up getting his first professional win uh, Corey, he's been out, lights out for them. 
Yeah, and, I guess uh, in his first start. Yeah, and, and his birthday will be uh, yesterday's game, the uh, the the June third game. So um, maybe we'll get. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll have a chance to see him then. But the um, uh, I, I think it's big for the champions to get another lefty on the squad. Um, uh, I, I think they desperately need lefty pitching, especially if he's going to be a lefty starter. I think that's what the champions need the most is something just to break up all the righty starters on the roster. Um, so I, I think it's very exciting to get him. I think the champions, uh, although the starters have been solid so far, I think Font's been good. I think Galbraith has been good. I think even... Uh, Galbraith didn't allow a run until last his last start. And and you mentioned uh, Hal mentioned it was really only the one bad inning in the last start. And really, I mean, even even Austin Chrisman, his his numbers don't look great. One twelve ERA. But he yeah he has two losses, but a really nice ERA. So he hasn't been that bad either. But I think they need a little more consistency from the starters, and I think a lefty starter will help things uh, a lot more now. They also need lefty specialists in the pen. Although Giancarlo's Gill's been good, it's nice to get this second guy in as well. So, Corey, now that you do bring that up, uh, before we get to the interview with Miles Moeller, because he's a lefty, um, Giancarlo's Gill is going to most likely start, according to Billy Horn, in the next start for the Ottawa champions, as Randy Hamrick is now on the disabled list. Uh, There's something going on with his elbow. The champions are now carrying 10 pitchers and 12 position players. So, Coker, Brian Erie... And uh, either Van Kirk, because uh, he's uh, still healing up, but if he does start in the next couple of days, um, whoever else, Brockett or whoever, is on the bench. So three position players on the bench and only 10 pitchers in the bullpen. And they're going with a four-man rotation with the day off. They're going to give Gil a spot start here and there. That's the Can-Am League. Uh, yeah. you, don't, you don't get a lot of position player backups. And that's well, why I think two is fine. Well, and that's Usually. why that's why a guy like Ryan Brockett, who can play all those positions, is so valuable. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, and and whenever a guy needs a day off, he can deputize in that position. So I think that's very important. With Brockett, he's played uh, second base, third base, shortstop, right field, and center field so far this season. Yeah, and and so although his numbers might not be the flashiest, just having that guy that you can put at all those positions, I think opens you up for a lot of different opportunities. So Miles Moeller, uh, last year in the North Country League, was the MVP in nine games start. He had a 369 ERA. Of course, there's only four teams in that league. They changed the name. Now it's better known as the Empire League, and former Ottawa champions, uh, spring training invitee, Johnny Cole actually signed in that league, the Empire League, and he had his first home run the other night. Of course, uh, in 61 innings pitched last year, he had allowed 25 earned runs, only walked 16, allowed three home runs, 55 strikeouts. So uh, uh, it seems like he's just a very consistent pitcher if you look at his numbers, uh, Corey. Well, I think the, the the most impressive thing for me is the 61 innings pitched with only 16 walks. Yeah. And I think that's been one of the big problems for the champions this year is they have been walking a lot of batters. Um, uh, their, their pitchers... Um, uh, although they've been able to 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 do a fairly good job, the control and and early in the year, I guess that's a little more understandable. But this is a guy who really focuses on it, and uh, and who I'm really excited to to see play a little more for the Ottawa Champions. And like you mentioned, we might see Jan Carlos Gill getting some spot starts, but we might also see um, Moeller get some spot starts, and that would be very interesting to me. Most of the relievers in the bullpen 
you know, they can start. Andrew mm-hmm. Cooper was slated Absolutely. to be the fifth starter. Even, even the closer, Tyler Wilson, is is it was a starter at the beginning yeah, of last was. season. So, um, I and he started games for the champions last year. So, I, um, you know, they they have a lot of versatility with their pitchers. They just need to find the right balance of who are going to be your starters and then what situations certain relievers are going to be used for. Absolutely. And with that being said, we're going to send it to the interview that I that I did with Miles Moeller uh, before Game 1 of the Rockland Boulder Series. Uh, that's all here next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. Here with uh, newly acquired left-handed pitcher Miles Moeller. Um, this is your first time, I guess, with the team, Miles. And uh, how does it feel to come to, uh, to Canada and, uh, of course, to Ottawa? Well, it's my first time here in Canada. Um, but from what I've seen, getting in early, le- early this morning and then touring the city a little bit this morning it's it's actually very very beautiful very city so i'm actually excited to be here right now miles uh, of course um well i guess tell us a little bit about yourself where did you start where did you go to college and and uh, and your journey to get to this point um well i went i'm from phoenix arizona um and then i went um to a junior college glendale community college um in glendale arizona Mm -hmm. and then was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go to ball state university after there, I was out a year, uh, and then I played in the North Country Baseball League last year, which is uh, newly known as the Empire League, and uh, after spring camp this year, um, Billy Horn gave me a call, went through a pen for them yesterday, and they pretty much signed me on the spot yesterday, so now I'm here. So since they were in the, in, in the state of New York, uh, you must live in the area to, to come down for a pen, or, or where do you usually uh, train in, in the offseason? Where do you uh, spend your time? Um, in the off season, I go back home and I train in Scottsdale, Arizona, at okay. uh, Spooner Physical Therapy, where I work and train other athletes. Um, so oh, I do cool. all my all my training there. Um, but the spring training for the Empire League was in Delaware, and uh, I was lucky enough to have a teammate slash friend um, drive me up to Jersey um, after spring camp yesterday just to make sure I got to where I needed to be today. And of course, Miles. Um, since I guess the fans don't know too much about you, this is your first time with the team. Uh, I heard good things from Billy Horn uh, in the in the interview that I did with him. Um, I guess, what kind of pitches do you throw? Um, I'm a mainly fastball change slider guy, um, but I've been working on a uh, splitter this past year, so that is newly acquired, and um, so getting a feel for it and feeling for a game and when to throw it. But uh, um, I'll live inside out with fastball change up as my out pitch, and then I uh, I like to throw the slider to the back foot, so so righty. So now that you do bring up a new pitch that you're trying, the the splitter um, is is. Has it been tough to kind of get used to throwing that pitch? A lot of people don't really know what the splitter does, but it's more like a split change. Uh, what does it mainly do when, you, when it comes out of your arm? Um, it's it's just like my changeup, but the changeup, since I'm a lefty, runs arm side, but mm-hmm. my splitter is two to four miles an hour harder, and it just drops straight down. It looks like it has a fastball spin. Um, sometimes it looks like a knuckle, just the way you throw it and snap your wrist, but um, it just goes straight at you, try to aim for the knees, and then just let it drop off the table and hopefully hits the dirt in the shoes and you swing over it. And uh, last year, uh, you I believe you were one of the better pitchers in the league, and you won the MVP um, going into the offseason. What was your mindset to get a job uh, out of that independent league coming into, a, I guess you could say, a higher-up one in the Can-Am League? Um, well, going in the offseason, um, knowing I didn't get picked up with the numbers I put up, I mean, things happen, it's out of my control, and I can only control what I have control of, which my dad always tells me. So I had a little chip on my shoulder coming into the offseason, so I just kept working day in and day out, running, lifting, explosive work. Um, and I think it's it helped me get to the spring training this year, which was where I was throwing harder this year, 
Billy heard about me and things kind of just fell into place, so I'm very blessed and lucky to be here right now. Since we haven't seen you pitch yet, uh, Miles, I guess, where is your arm slot located? Um, it's about high three quarters. It's not directly okay. over the top, but it's not down to three quarters. It's high three quarters, but uh, um, sometimes it'll go toward the three quarter slot depending on how the arm's feeling. But uh, either way, the ball is running. So, it's uh, the Ottawa Champions are coming back from the road series. I don't know if you had a chance to kind of spend some time with the team, but so far this is a tight group of guys. Uh, you've probably already noticed that. Uh, what's it like being in the locker room with a new team, knowing that you're you're probably already uh, fitting in as, at this point? Um, it's actually a great feel. Um, the guys welcomed me on the bus last um, last night, and I watched watched their game last night. It was a close one, back and forth. Yeah. Um, but on the bus, got to know a lot of the guys, and then um, some of the guys took me into their apartment. I fell asleep on uh, a pullout pullout bed. But at that point, after all the travel, it didn't matter where I slept, to be honest. But uh, getting here to the park and playing ping pong and nice. music and kind of hanging out with the guys and what they like to do it was it's it's been great so far so I'm lucky well the one thing that the guys will probably tell you is that they've beat me in ping pong before and uh, I'm not too uh, I'm, I, I like to think I'm pretty good but they're just uh, a lot better but of course uh, you come into tonight's game uh, knowing that you might get the call from manager Hal Lanier but bef- before we get to get before we get to that of course uh, Miles, what's it like to kind of spend time with a, a former major league manager and a guy like Hal Lanier who spent so much time with 50 years of, uh, of experience uh, at that level? You know what? I it's It's been great being around him so far. And yeah, I, I, I mean, it's only been maybe 15 hours since with the team. But yeah. um, it's been great so far. And I look honestly, I look forward to honestly picking his brain, picking Billy Horn's brain. They got a lot of experience and knowledge and um, I'm a student of the game, so whether I'm pitching or not, I'm studying the bit- batters, I'm studying the hitters, um, the pitchers, all that type of stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to being around this experienced group of guys, especially the coaching staff. And so since you haven't been here in Ottawa for too long, of course, Ottawa is the capital of Canada, and I think the only place you've probably been to is the, the parking lot outside. That's the farthest you've been uh, from the stadium um, so far. You lo- the weather's a lot different in North Arizona. Uh, how are you feeling here in, in Canada to this point? You know, it feels great. Um, this is honestly like a winter here in Arizona. Um, so <laughs> it feels kind of good since Arizona is about 105, 110 today. Um, from my family, that's what they told me. So <laughs> to be here in around 80, 85 degree weather and sunny, it's, it's a nice little winter back home, so it's nice. And uh, finally, before we go, uh, you're coming into your, your first, I guess, appearance. Uh, you might get the call from Billy Horn. Uh, what, do you get, what do you bring to the team to, uh, now that you come uh, to Ottawa? You know, I think I just, I mean, I'm a rookie. Um, I honestly just bring another left-handed arm. I'm not coming in here to um, take anyone's position. I'm literally coming in here to yeah. get my work in, do what I do what I came to offer, and hopefully help this team win a title and uh, get us back to the top in the standings. And hopefully at the end we, uh, we persevere and get to the top. So that's honestly what I'm here for. All right, uh, Miles, thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in this series. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hi, this is Billy Horn from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you're listening to Ottawa Champions Baseball on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music and home to every single Ottawa Champions game. You're listening 
to the only baseball show in Ottawa before we were talking with newly acquired relief slash starting pitcher Miles Moeller from the Ottawa Champions. He came on to talk about his his career and and how he got to this point uh, with Ottawa being a late acquisition and and of course Corey he also did uh, talk about how he thought he was going to get picked up for the numbers that he picked uh, picked up early in spring training uh, for the numbers that he put up last year by another independent league he didn't uh, but now of we're, we're Corey and I we're we're talking uh, Ottawa Champions baseball and we're going to get to a couple interviews that I had with. Uh, Ottawa Champions manager Hal Lanier, Matt Helms on his walk-off home run, or not home run, what am I saying? Walk-off, um, he hit the ball, I don't even, what, what can you call it? It was a walk-off error. A walk-off RBI. Wa- walk-off RBI, there you go. Um, Miles Moeller. Uh, although I'm not even sure it was an RBI. Hey, I don't think it was. Anyways, the, it, it, got, <laughs> it got through the legs of, of uh, the third base. Jared Schleyhuber. Yeah, Jared Schleyhuber. You guys had a whole lot of fun pronouncing that name. Oh, it was weekend. great. I think I got it right. Miles Moeller also is going to join us in this segment, and Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions to talk post game about their big win in extra innings uh, this week. Of course, Corey, um, let's talk about that game. The Ottawa Champions in all in their last four games at home, pretty much, or in the last four wins, they have gone to extra innings here in Ottawa. As uh, I guess they like giving the fans free baseball, but I mean that game was pretty wacky as. I mean, the champions have been able to blow tons of leads so far this season, Corey. Well, and I, I think part of that with the champions comes down to the defense. And we heard Hal talk about it um, uh, after uh, after Wednesday's game. And just the defense hasn't been good enough. This team has really, I, I think, played relatively well. Uh, the batting averages aren't great, but the on-base percentages are good. They've delivered some clutch hits. They've scored quite a few runs. Um, uh, the starting pitching, as we've said, has been quite good. The the bullpen is slowly coming together, but they just they they're they're making a lot of mistakes defensively. Um, uh, they haven't been great, and like Hal said, although their approach has been good at the plate, they've they've just made some mistakes. They're not playing proper baseball right now, and I think that's all Hal Lanier wants. I I couldn't agree more with you, Corey. And Hal Lanier mentioned after the game, it was funny because of course we're going to get to our uh, interview that we did with Corey, uh, Kenny Bryant and. As soon as I brought up the question, Kenny Bryant, Hal Lanier just looked up to me and he just smiled. And he was like, that guy's just been a, you know, a, amazing for me. And he said, I knew he had it in him. I, I told him that he was going to be fine when I traded for him in the offseason. Of course, they gave up Nick Gerapito and Drew Sisko to the minors for Kenny Bryant. He's playing his former team uh, in, this, uh, in this series against, um, against the Sussex County Myers. And, Ken, and Kenny Bryant's on a, on a real stride right now. Yeah, four home runs in in four games at the time we um, uh, we recorded this podcast. And um, uh, to be honest, it, it could be more by the time uh, by the time we're talking. But we knew coming in that he was going to have that power bat. We thought that he might struggle a little bit in the bigger park or the park that people have struggled in. But clearly, <laughs> it, it hasn't been too much of a problem. He's been able to adjust his swing enough that he's getting enough on it. But at the same time, he's still hitting the ball fairly well. He's not just a guy who's hitting the ball for He's power. going two for four every night. Exactly. He has a very uh, a, a wonderful approach at the plate. But him at the at the plate, and, and as, as, as kind of crazy as this is to hear, a guy who has four home runs in four games has a grand slam in that period. 
I think he's been more valuable to this team as a defensive player, um, especially with playing the, center field. Now. Exactly, especially with the move, uh, or sorry, the injury to Sebastian Boucher. Well, for a not first, really an injury, I would say. I mean, he would say more. He's just having a his shoulders kind of hurting. Tweaked, yeah, it's it's tweaked. Um, but um, uh, he's he's not unable to play center field right now, and for Kenny Bryant to move from first base to center field is absolutely incredible. Can you think of another guy who can play first in center field that's an original first baseman? Not not a single one, Dante. Not a single you think one. Think Paul maybe Paul Goldschmidt could play center field? Uh, he, he probably has the legs to do it. But like that's uh, it. I, I I don't know. It's 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 amazing to me. It is it is really amazing and of course uh, Matt Helms has played good defensively. He's also going to join us uh, to talk as uh, Jordan and I had a chance to uh, talk with him post game after hitting the walk off, and he was very upset with himself because he had the bases loaded with the with the game or sorry runners on third with the base. I mean, sorry, runner at third. Matt Helms came up to the plate, struck out on three pitches. He had a chance because there was no outs in the inning uh, to send the runner in, and and struggled with that. And he smashed his bat. Next up, he uh, hit the ball through Jerepito. Uh, sorry, not Jerepito. Schleyhuber's legs, and and he came in and and scored the run, and then. Uh, he got the walk off, which felt really good, and I think that uh, it might be able to spark Helms' offense with that with that one there. No, uh, absolutely, uh, um, and and you know I think a lot of the guys on this team, like I said, I think their approaches at the plate have been pretty good so far, but the batting averages don't look so good, and and uh, but they're still able some, to, some they're still able to score runs, um, uh, and so I, I think. It's the defense. Exactly. The, the team needs to be better defensively. They need a little more consistency from the bullpen. Although, like I said earlier, I just think that's part of, you know, just getting a feel for your bullpen. There's a lot of um, a lot of turnover from last year's team, especially in the bullpen. And so kind of figuring out where guys stand, what you're going to use for them in certain situations, things like that. And even right now, with all the injuries to the auto champions, just seeing who's going to play where defensively is is pretty important for this team and so i i think they're they're just settling into the season but the good thing is we're still less than less than two weeks into the year and i think they're still just adjusting absolutely and uh, this is where we're going to send it to our four interviews that we have starting with hal lanier then matt helms miles moeller will come on and to finish off kenny bryant will be on around the diamond that's up next on around the diamond on ckdj 107.9 Al, it seems like um, you, your guys like giving these fans free baseball uh, with all these extra inning games, and this time it, uh, it turns out good for you guys. Well, we didn't have one all last year, and now, you know, we've had several, and again, you know, a tough win. I mean, um, a good win also, but uh, we battled, and what a, what a bat by Garza in the, in the 11th inning to, to tie the game and get a base hit with... The outfield really playing in, and you know he did a he had a great at bat. Uh, Cartwright came up, and then uh, uh, Helms got the the other base hit to to win the ball game. But again, you know we could have won the ninth inning also. But you know you, you take it every game uh, as a win. I mean every time you win a game, it's good for us. But again, um, you know I thought the new guy Miles uh, Molder did a great job. Um, he's got a good arm. Uh, we saw him throw in the bullpen in Sussex and decided to make a change and have another left-hander in the bullpen. And he was our last guy. He was going to go for a long time. <laughs> but 
he's young and he's a starter. Um, again, you know, you got to give credit to our, our ball club. Uh, we jumped out good, you know, six runs in the first two innings, but then we got shut out for nine innings in a row. But, uh, you know, again, um, you know, after battling back, after, you know, they got a run in the 11th and we came back and got two. So that's a great win for us and, you know, a good team effort. Uh, just to get on Miles Moeller, he, he looked really good striking out the first two batters he faced as an Ottawa champion on six pitches. How nice is that to see for him to come in here and do that? Well, we knew he had a good arm. Um, you know, Billy Horn, my pitching coach, and I saw him throw a bullpen in Sussex, and he was on his way up to the Empire League uh, out of Connecticut or New York, somewhere through there, and Billy got word that he was going to come and throw a bullpen for us, and we were very impressed with it. And, we had to make a move. Uh, like I said, we've been looking for a young young arm uh, from the left side, and he can throw. He's got a good breaking ball. He looked really well today, so he's going to get a good opportunity uh, you know, throughout the rest of the season, hopefully. Hal, Kenny Bryant is uh, starting to finally get a hold of things. He now has three home runs in his last three games. Uh, what's been the transition of his bat so far, and what do you guys like from him at this point? And how has he transitioned over to getting hot at least? Well, I, I knew Kenny, you know, his background was hitting, yeah. uh, driving in runs. And again, you know, he had another big night for us. Uh, he's just staying on the ball a little bit longer than he was at the start of the season. But, uh, you know, he looks like he's in a pretty good groove right now. So uh, hopefully he can stay in that and some other people can pick it up and, uh, you know, drive some runs in when guys are on third base. That's, it's tough to do. I know with five-man infield, but uh, everyone's trying, and, you know, they're giving me 100%. They didn't quit in the 11th, 11th inning. We played hard, so, uh, you know, like I said, it's a big win for us. Uh, first time we beat them, but, um, you know, my guys played hard. You mentioned not quitting, and there were a couple times there in the 11th when, you know, Garza, Garza himself had been down to two strikes with two outs. It happened uh, later in the inning as well, But and, and I think you mentioned it yourself, they didn't quit, and they were able to battle through. And I guess getting a win, having your backs against the wall, up against the brink of a loss, and coming back to win it, that's got to be big mentally, too. Well, I think so. You know, like I said, it's a big win for us, and hopefully it's a stepping stone to something tomorrow. And, uh, you know, just go out there tomorrow, and hopefully this game uh, helps us uh, tomorrow have a lot of confidence, go out and get a win. Uh, again, um, you know, you got to give credit to, to Garza. Uh, he fouled <laughs> off some good pitches. Took a lot of good pitches uh, for balls. Uh, you know, again, he came up with a big base hit for us. So I was very happy the way that we played. Um, yeah, we made some errors, but we made some good defensive plays also. I mean, look at the ball that um, uh, Rocket caught in right center. Uh, robbed, robbed him of a double and an RBI, too. So that was a big play for us. Garza played good shortstop. He made an error, but... You know, I made some good plays, so uh, I was happy with the way that we played defense today. Thanks. Okay, Thanks thank so. you. Thanks so. mm-hmm. All right, joined here with Matt Helms post game after uh, getting a walk off. I guess you could say error. Or getting all, either way, you hit a walk off. Yeah, um, uh, Matt, how did that feel uh, coming out of the box? Uh, it felt like redemption. Um, after the ninth, I had a great opportunity to save some pitching and get a win in the ninth and walk it off there, but. Uh, Baseball is a funny game, and it gave me another opportunity in the uh, 11th, and I just didn't want to strike out and queued one up, and luckily it found a hole, and we ended up with the win. 
when Garza was at the plate, you guys were down to your last strike. He got a big base hit, managed to tie it up. It's got to be huge to win a game like that after being up against the wall. Oh, Garza did an amazing job. I mean, that was I think that was the biggest at bat of the whole game um, was his battle there. I mean, he's down to two strikes with several foul balls later and, yeah. and ended up putting it in play with the right fielder playing in. And uh, he did his part and passed it to the next guy, and we just kept passing it on until we grinded out a win. Yeah, just again on those on those tough bats. What what is that not giving up? Uh, you know, with two outs and two strikes, Albert did the same thing. What does that say about you guys as a ball club? Well, we've been battling all year. I mean, we've been through a lot just uh, with player wise, roster wise, and game wise. I mean, we've had what two or three walk offs already, and it just goes to show that uh, we got grit and we're not going to give up at any part of the game. And there's any chance we can come back, we're going to take advantage of it. I believe in your young career, uh, this must be, you've played in probably the some of the craziest games in your young career. How, how does the experience been going into extra innings pretty much every single night here at the park? Man, it's it's exhausting, to be honest with you. I just want to win one outright and not have to worry about it. But, I mean, it gives you an extra sense of thrill, an extra sense of energy, and that runs into tomorrow, and, and it just gives us another boost to, to go out and, and win the series, and that's what we're out here to do. We're out here to win series and um, just push on to the next next game. When you were with New Jersey, did you uh, have anything as crazy as has happened in this young season with Ottawa? Honestly, we never had a walk-off the whole year last year, so it was insane to get it on our first game this year. Yeah. So it was. it's been crazy that we've had so many walk-offs, and last year we didn't have a single walk-off. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9, home of the Ottawa champions. Before we were talking with Hal Lanier, Matt Helms, Miles Moeller, and Kenny Bryan after their big walk-off win in the series against the Rockland Boulders. And then the Ottawa champions kind of blew the next game as they lost to the Boulders 9-2. Kenny Bryant hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, it was kind of groove pitch inside, and he took it deep over the wall. He's uh, four four home runs in a row. And uh, so that's why uh, in this final segment of Around the Diamond, I'm going to send it to Hal Lanier and Kenny Bryant's post-game comments after a tough loss to the Rockland Bowlers, in which they lost that series 2-1. to one. That's coming up next here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Okay, Hal. Um, it was uh, obviously not the result you're looking for today. Leighton Galbraith uh, had a good start to the game and seemed to deserve a better fate than that. He had one bad inning. Um, we're walking entirely too many people. Um, not playing good defense at all. I'm very upset with that. Giving too many extra outs. And facing a guy that had a 8.44 earned run average, we made him look like Cy Young. I mean, we didn't have many good at-bats against him. Um, yeah, I know he's been around a while, but I'm very disappointed uh, the way that we played tonight. And it's got to get a lot better, a lot better. Not just better, a lot better. Um, Making too many little mistakes, not knowing the situation of the game, not getting bunts down, we're bunting to the wrong place, runners on first and second, you bunt the ball to third base. I mean, that's been in the, in the book before I was born. 
with men on first and second, you're making the third baseman feel it. Very simple. Very simple baseball. Now, I'm not happy with it. Now you're going to put up with it. I'm tired of looking at it error after error after error on the best playing field in the league. The best playing field in the league, and we're making two errors a game. I'm tired of it. I'll get somebody to catch the ball and know how to play the game. That's very simple. That's all I got to say. Thank you. I guess tough way to lose a game, if, any, if anything. Uh, yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> Leighton pitched a great game. I know it was his birthday, and I wanted to come out and get a W. But, uh, yeah, it's a great game. Uh, we didn't put up enough offense to, or defense to have him get the W. Ball exploded off your bat in the ninth. It seems like you're st- still starting to get your your stride, or you have a home run streak going. How do you, how do you feel at the plate? Does that you know that ball was left inside and you sent it out? Uh, it felt good at the plate. You know, I mean, still just trying to uh, help the team win. You know, I wish it would have been the more meaningful spot. You know, but uh, yeah, still definitely feeling good at the plate, helping help the team get some more W's. Seems errors have kind of been the downfall. Uh, you know, especially uh, kind of exposing you guys a little bit tonight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's kind of been the story of this whole season so far. Man, we've made a lot, a lot of errors. And uh, coming in, we didn't. Well, we knew that we're not a team that's supposed to make a lot of errors, you know. So uh, we're gonna have to pick it up on the defensive side. You started off uh, the season hitting fifth in the order. You, you've moved down a little bit to the sixth spot. Do you feel more comfortable hitting lower in the order now that you get to see a little bit more pitchers and uh, pitches and 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 what the the starters got for you? Uh, no, I don't really feel any different. Okay. I mean, because. I played in this league last year, so all the teams know me, so I think they're pitching me the same. I just uh, kind of switched up my approach a little bit and uh, felt a little more comfortable at the plate. Thanks. Good. Yeah. All right. That was Hal Lanier and Kenny Bryan postgame comments after a 9-2 to loss to the Rockland Boulders, and Hal said it right there. You know, best playing field in the Can-Am League, and the team is making so many uh, errors, according to him, dumb errors. And uh, you know what? He has, a, he has a big point. But with that being said, we're going to up, wrap up this edition of Around the Diamond on CKDJ1079. You can follow myself on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante. If you missed out on any other episodes, I post them all on my SoundCloud right after the air every Monday night. That's Diamond Audio, Diamond Dante Audio at SoundCloud.com. You can go check out all my episodes. Of course, if you follow me on Twitter, I have the link in the description under my bio. That's Diamond at Diamond underscore Dante. You can also for- follow Corey at Former Inside Man. You've been listening to the June 4th edition of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. And if you're listening on Sunday, the show airs on Saturday, but it replays on Sundays at 5. So once again, you've been listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079, home of every single Ottawa Champions game.